The gods? I don't trust them one bit. Creatures with power beyond our imagining, they don't deserve our trust. Short-sighted fools who thought they were smart enough to build a whole world? That's hubris already, and they were just getting started. Because no, of course they couldn't leave well enough be, could they? They had to keep coming back down here and meddling with us mortal folk. Here's a piece of advice. Don't trust anyone who thinks they can fix this world without consulting the folks that live on it. Good intentions are bad, they won't end up changing anything for the better. Welcome to An Atlas of the World Unknown. I'm your host, Paul Dullenberg, and joining me today is Dane. Hello! Today we're going to be playing Spindle Wheel by Sasha Renault. Uh, specifically, we're going to be playing the festival version of Spindle Wheel. This is a tarot-like storytelling game where we use cards as anchors to weave together a story with our friends. So, let's get started. Um, Let's go through... The objective of the game is to tell a satisfying story. Things might go very well for us, or they might go very poorly for us. But either way, if we like the story we've told, we've done a good job. Excellent. Our agenda is that we're all responsible for the story. Uh, we're going to play to find out what happens. Listen to our friends and be generous with our questions. Build on what came before and leave room for mysteries to unfold. Use small details like rock candy. Take rewards hard-earned and wounds well-deserved, and interesting choices are better than good ones. Take chances, make mistakes, get messy. I love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. This is what I'm here for. <laughs> um, safety and courtesy. I have. I trust you, Dane. And if you get uncomfortable with anything, we can always go and retcon. We can always edit things out. And that goes for both of us. Tight. Yeah, sweet. I'm feeling good. Alright. Good stuff. Uh, this game could be literally anything, so this story could really happen wherever in the world unknown. Gnarly. Let's see. Things Important things that are established is, at some point in the history of this world, a bridge to the afterlife got opened. Okay. Um, by a Duchess of Nightmares, which is kind of a line of destabilizing, powerful women who have generally done gone and done badass things that was our whole pirate game oh um, yeah, yeah yeah the uh oh what what was the you told me the name of the pirate queen i think oh that was the duchess of nightmares that was the duchess of nightmares yeah you're right heck yeah mm -hmm. um another group that exists in the world is the cursed sword which is a group of adventurers who are oftentimes villains and sometimes heroes 
who are like this weird kind of like secret society that goes around and does weird magical stuff. Nice. Um, there exists the Honor Guard, which are kind of like the uh, the UN, like a UN peacekeeping force of giant four-legged four-armed beings who go and kind of enforce the rules of law and magic, but tend to work very slowly. All right. And are generally very strange. They're like the Ents almost? Yes. Nice. But the important thing is this was all at one point in the history of the world unknown. All right. This story could end up being anywhere else. Okay, so setting up, um, we're going to generate the world, and then we're going to generate our characters, and then we will play through uh, six events. Cool. Events can be very short or longer. It depends on how they go, but this game should not go super long. Okay. Uh, interpreting cards. This game's fundamental verb is interpretation. To interpret a card, you need two things, the card's idea and its context. So each card has text that evokes an idea. There are two sides to a card. Sometimes they're diametrically opposed. Often they're two, si- two sides of the same coin. Foes. A card can be a person or an event, an attitude, or a physical object. You pull as much or as little from a card as you want. You can cite the entire card or just a single word on it. A card's context is how it relates to the story. So, like, we're going to be doing readings in a traditional Celtic cross. Cool. Where we're going to have five facets of the world and then of our characters. And during the game, contexts will be much more fluid and situational. All right. Tight. All right. I think that's everything we need to get started. The first thing we're going to do is world creation. So, I've already dealt out the world, as you can see in this big central cross. Yeah. So, there's events, facets, and fates. Is that what I'm reading right? Yes. Cool. Um, And for now, we're just going to look at the facets. We will read through the world's fates as well, and then we will use the events during the game. So, how this works, uh, we're going to interpret what our world is, and that will kind of give us the setting and the scope of this game. All right. The center is the crossing. The center is the core. The upright card is the core. That's the dominant driving force. And the crossing complicates the core. It kind of gives context to it. Sweet. Our bane and our boon are what works for the world and what works against it. The boon is what helps the core. The bane is what works against it. And then our desire is what the core wants. And the plan or method is how the core intends to get it. So let's flip these cards and start interpreting. Hell yeah. So we'll flip the center. Our center is Mother of Monsters Crossed by Luck. Mother of Monsters reads, Life spoken into the world, volatile and unfamiliar. Luck reads, A called shot, a shifted spotlight, a lucky win, or a placed bet, a lapse in judgment, a false positive. All right. What does that say to you, Dane? So in this context, in this center here, are we going for this global idea or can it be super specific? It can be as specific as it is. This is just like this world is where our story takes place. So it could be a small village. It could be the entire world. All right. Cool. I think there is. Uh, I don't know if it's a village, but it's like it's some kind of small ish community um and there i I read 
this luck in context or mother monsters in context with luck as basically this like immaculate conception. Hmm. Yeah. Something, something was born here. Yeah, for sure. And it was, nobody saw it coming. Okay. Oops. Didn't mean to take that card. What's our bane? The fountain. Industrial fall off, leeching ruin, the venom in a serpent's corpse. Gnarly. And then opposing that is our boon, which is unicorn. Beautiful and territorial, horn dripping with poacher's blood. So what this says to me is that, uh, we're at the edge of a society that is trying to steal our resources. All right. Yeah, I track that. Like, we have something that is rare and beautiful, and maybe that is what brought about our uh, immaculate conception. And th- is this, it's, is it a resource, or is it, is it a cons? is it an idea? Um, I think we can leave that vague for now. Alright, cool. Let's see, our desire is which? A sharp tongue, a cruel sense of humor... A bottomless bag of tricks. And what is our method? Oops, I stole it. The gilded lily. Fashion and flourish, high court grandeur. A gift as sweet as it is absurd. Yo. It. So we're... Oh, go ahead. No, what you got? What you got? What you got? So we're in the process of negotiations, like... That's the context of what this story is, is we're like a small city-state negotiating with a larger kingdom or empire. Yeah. Trying to come to some peaceful resolution. Oh, yeah. The uh, the thing that's like speaking out to me right now is it's almost, I, I think it is uh, that we have some I, like concept. Yeah. Right? It's almost like we discovered fire and have we're the only people that have fire yeah and everybody else wants it and like so we have fire and can like cook and we can like be up after dark Mm -hmm. but it's i don't know if it's if it is actually fire but it's that kind of thing i think yeah okay now we are going to read the fates all right uh the three fates Uh, We interpret these cards one at a time. Picture them as a glimpse into the history of the world. Cool. Uh, The first fate is Clotho, the catalyst that led to the current state of the world. Uh, The second fate is Lachesis, the current state of affairs. And the third card is Atropos, the common-held belief of what's to come. So our Clotho is famine, blighted soil, fallow fields, poisoned rivers. I think that falls really right in line with this discovery kind of setup. Yes. This world, the world was sorely lacking something and we found it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's our Lachesis? Star. The narcissist grasping for fame, desperate to be seen by power. Yo, this is kind of spooky how well these both have fit so far into this context we are already creating. Dude, the spindle wheel deck is scary. 
So it is. It's and I think I think this reads as it's not just this one other society, like neighboring society that's trying to take our thing. Right? This is this is a global arms race. Yes. We don't even know know if the world unknown is a globe. Yeah, who knows? This is a uh polyhedral arms race. Okay. And our Atropos is priestess, a calming presence, a reality grounded, divine purpose. Well, that's very comforting. So I think our belief is that we're going to win. Yeah, absolutely. That we have found the beginning of something new and deeply important. And it, it, I, this ties into this like immaculate conception idea too. Yeah. It, it's not just that we found it. It's that this was given to us. We were chosen to be the ones to succeed. Mm-hmm. We're those assholes. Oh, yeah, we are. The society Chad. Uh, so most of these cards go over and form the Arbiter deck. Okay. Which will kind of determine determine how the world reacts to our character's actions. Cool. Um. Our Atropos will wait till the end of the game. It'll be la- the last card that gets played. So I'm just going to set that aside. And we need to pair our desire with an event where it could be achieved. So you'll see that list of events on the right, or left rather. And each event has two different possible things it can be. Yeah. Where do you think which goes? An invitation, a wager. A challenge, a revelation, a conversation, an ultimatum, a trial, a duel, a cataclysm, a gift, a vision, a sabotage. I think it's a cataclysm, a gift. Yeah, I think so too. So we'll just stick which there for now. Okay, we've created the world. Sweet. We've started the Arbiter's deck. Next, we're going to do the same thing to create our own characters. Cool. So, would you like to go first or second on making your character? I will go second. Okay. And uh, would you like the left or right character sheet I've laid out? I would like the right character sheet. Okay. So now, just as in world creation, I'm going to read what the fates say about my character. Starting from the middle and moving out? Uh, you can do it in whatever order you want. Oh, I like starting from the middle and doing it in that order, but feel free to do whatever order you want. Cool. Oh, good. Oh, no. Oh, um, yeah, there was a mistake I made when making this deck in Roll20, so... No worries. Get rid of Witch and draw a different card. <laughs> that, 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 I was oh, going to say, that oh, would have... Oh, my God, Paul. So, my center is Volcano Crossed by Nightmare. Oh man, these cards even fit together. The art on them does. That's super Wild. weird. Oh, that's, Screenshot that. That's super cool. Um, So, Volcano, a dormant goddess, a cooling island lush with sprouts, a season of peace. And Nightmare is fears justified, omens fulfilled, a recurring terror, dreams of hellfire, Lightning striking the steeple. Hmm. So that's something. 
I'm going to just keep flipping cards. Do it. I don't want to interpret that yet. I want to see what my method and desire are. My method is heat wave. Of course it is. The first spring thaw, a thermal updraft, a warm embrace. And my desire is Dippled Lens. Oh, by the way, feel free to flip any of these cards since there's no way to deal them with a random facing. Okay. So, change in perspective, a clarifying of vision, I think fits a little better with my desire. Yeah. And my bane is Second Sun. A moon out of orbit, starved of companionship, seeking completion. And my boon is Bad Blood. Vitriol swallowed back by shame, a trap's jaws rusted shut. Or, to drink from the same poison cup as your enemy. Wow. Hmm. You have just worked yourself up a dark character there, my dude. Yeah, this is definitely a villainous character. Oh, um, absolutely. Hmm. So, first of all, they can definitely do cool things with fire. Because I got two different cards that reference fire. Yeah, you did. Uh, I think... I'm not sure whether what they want is exactly what our city-state wants, or whether they want the opposite of that. I think I'll wait until I see what your character is. That's fair. Do you do uh, your fates now? Yes, I will. Right. Yeah, why don't I do that? That'll help. My Clotho is Tapestry Loom. The mainstay, the cornerstone, the common thread, and a comp complicated plan. My... Lytesis is holy stricture, laws as esoteric as they are absolute. My Atropos is the Tin Penny, sacred tenets ridiculed, a grim bond forged without kindness or warmth. Yeah, you got a villain, my dude. 100%. Yes. Uh, this is a deeply powerful magician. Let's see. I think that they are ancient and have only surfaced recently, as implied by Volcano. Um, as tempting as it is to make it be another Duchess of Nightmares, that's too on the nose. Hmm, I'll have to think of a good name for an ancient wizard or warlock or witch. Yeah, is it... Do you think it's like an eldritch kind of Lovecraftian ancient? Or... I think it's a person. Okay. It's still a person. Maybe not a human person, but... You know. But like a, a being that can understand that. Maybe a... Maybe as far as a demigod, but not a god. Fair enough. I haven't played the game where the gods show up yet. <laughs> uh... I think their bane being second son means that they, because they're so ancient and because they've been dormant for so long, they don't know how this world works. Yeah. And bad blood, uh, they have a grudge. That's why they've come back. Oh, that's terrifying. I'll have to think of a name, but why don't you go? All right. I'm going to... I think I'm going to read my fates first. Okay. I want to know where I came from originally. And that is 
the scholar. Scrivener, documentarian, insatiably critical, and curious. All right. So that's my... Say it with me. Um, Clotho. Clotho. My Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos. They're... You can pronounce them however you want. All right. I've had that discussion with Sasha. That's fair. My Lakeithis is hearth. A crackling fire, a hot meal, a roof overhead, a comfortable silence. And my Atropos is Spitfire. Pluck and Moxie, ace pilot, tamer of beasts. Hmm. So already what I'm seeing is is like you know the old guy who you know was an explorer back in the day and the new young hero has to go find him and he's like I don't do that anymore mhm right i have a wife and a kid yeah but then something happens and he gets drawn out so yeah let's go see my other stuff. My center is Lonely Aria, a song from the old country, a language all but forgotten. And it is crossed by The Fallen, a would-be martyr with delish with delusions of sainthood, a powder keg in keg in want of a spark. All right. All right. Let's uh see what the method and desire are. Method is the cursed sword, a voracious blade, double-edged, glittering red with unquenchable thirst. Oh boy. All right. All right. All right. Let's see what the desire is. I'm starting to get a really clear picture in my head. Good. Flip card. Goose down. My desire is goose down. A soft place to land. A whisper just above silence. Yeah. I I definitely think this is... This is a... I think it's a person. It is a, like a for real person who did things in their past and hurt people. Mm-hmm. And is just trying to like... To make amends and hide from that. Think... um. This is what I'm seeing right now is Zuko in the last season of Avatar the Last Airbender. Yes. Or like Iroh for all of Avatar the Last Airbender. Yes. Uh and my bane and boon. My bane is Ferryman's Toll, a class divide, an unavoidable cost, a lock with a lost key. And the boon is Echo. A glance unseen, a shadow trailing, a desire unrequited. Alright. I think these give really good context and they make this kind of... um, I think this gives it a, a more pedestrian and kind of approachable context. Mm-hmm. What I see from these is that the crime that was committed is... It, it it might have been like 
uh, uh, almost Romeo and Juliet esque, where Romeo or uh, Romeo kills Tybalt in an in an attempt to make Juliet you know love him. Um, yeah, I think that is exactly what happened, and what we succeeded in doing is driving that love away forever. And that's this, that's this lonely aria, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, I was in love. I was this, this young person in love. Um, just so wanting to be in love. And I, I made this decision to try and, and it might not even have been a family member, but it, it, I, 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 cr I did this crime to impress this person, um, and it backfired hard. And they cut off all contact and left me alone in the wherever. And so I just decided to be a hermit. Mm -hmm. Right, and so we have this, this old hermit living in the woods for somebody to come find for... Uh, for you know, guidance in the future. This is Obi Wan Kenobi. This is yes, that kind of deal. Hmm. Do you have a name? Mildred. Mildred. Yep. Mildred Pennyweather. Yeah. And pronouns? Uh, she/her. Okay, and I think I'm gonna call my character the second son. Nice. I think I'm going to lean into the whole, like, demigod side of things. He is the second son of a god or goddess. So we'll have to come up with a name for that. Uh, I think that they were the god of fire, among other things. Their parent. Their parent was. Mm-hmm. And he'll use he, him. But it is son spelled S-O-N just like the card. Yep. Tight. Or no, wait, sorry, maybe it's S-U-N. Eh, no one knows whether it's S-O-N or S-U-N. It's an ancient demigod. It could be whatever. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, we've built our characters. Uh, now we're going to each tie our desire to an event. All right. I'm going to put mine with a conversation or an ultimatum. No, wait. My method towards that desire is heat wave, so... I think it's going to be on a trial or a duel. That's fair. And I'm in, I think I'm going to put my goose down with an invitation, a wager. All right, that makes sense. Now you should leave your Atropos card on your character sheet, because that will be the last card you play in the game, and then take all of the rest of your cards into your hand. So if you right-click a card, you can take it. All right. And should I move my card up onto my character sheet there? I saw that. Yeah, just somewhere where you will remember it. Yep. Awesome. Good, good. Okay, we've got names for our characters. Oh, we should name our city-state. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. And we should also figure out what resource it has. Yeah. I think... It is a, it's not fire. Let me say that. No. Yes. No, it should be something that will 
that matters for the history of the world. Yeah. You know, something like the scientific method or a printing press or something that exists conceptually like that. Not necessarily that exists in the real world. Right. What if it is written language? It is letters. Ooh. We have the first alphabet. Yes, written language is good. Uh, and it's something we keep secret. Uh, because there's power in written words. Yeah, it's... In, in writing down the name of something, you inherently begin to have sway over it. Yes. So maybe they figured out some written language before, but we have the language. Right. Which is not necessarily a good thing. No, I don't think the so. The card that inspired that was the Mother of Monsters. Yeah. Uh, I think there was some... Well, we'll wait until we get into the scenes. Okay. Let's actually start playing the game. Oh, entanglements. Uh, we start by doing an entanglement with each other. All right. So we each trade a card to the other person, representing our relationship to each other. Uh, it describes what binds us. Okay. So you can just lay those out on the board. And from our hand? Yes. And do we get to pick, or is it supposed to be random? Oh, pick. All right, cool, cool. Hmm. So I'm going to give you Heat Wave, the first thaw. I'm giving you Lonely Aria. Okay. I think Heat Wave represents that some way or another, Mildred was the reason that the second son remanifested oh, in physical wow. form. All right. You thought by dormancy. All right. Uh, I I pick lonely Arya because I think the second son and Mildred Pennyweather are both deeply alone, mm-hmm. but together. Yeah. Right. They are they are the only two people who believe they know what true loneliness is. Mm-hmm. Tight. So you can take that card. Oh, boy. Okay. Introductions. All right. Ask another player a question about how the world reacts to their character's presence. That player draws a card from the deck to answer. So I will ask you a question. Um. Hmm. Who is the last person you had a real conversation with? All right. The sheriff. Wow. All right. So what is... Let me get a little picarino at what the sheriff is. Enforcer, honor guard, the steel grip of martial law. Yeah, I think that is is straight up. It was Mm -hmm. the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Mildred has been doing something out in the woods um, that has finally drawn the attention of local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Is it local law enforcement or is it the honor guard? Which we've established as like the sheriffs of all of magic. Yeah. I think it is, it's the honor guard. It's the sheriffs of mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. Uh, 
that's the card that originally spawned them. So awesome. it's fitting. Perfect. Um, just for a little bit of context, the honor guard are about 10 feet tall. Um, they have four legs equally spaced around their bodies, four arms equally spaced around their bodies, um, and heads that can just rotate 360 degrees. They have no forward facing. That's horrific. And uh, what did you talk to the honor guard about? Uh, that my choice to use uh, letters and numbers is none of their business. And that did not go well. Yep. And now you're living out here. Yep. Yep. And Okay, now, now I'm alone in the woods. Mm-hmm. Now you ask me a question. All right. Um, what are you most confused by in your new awakened form? Phoenix wine, alchemist's fire, and a crystal decanter, wrath portioned and contained. Hmm. Humans feel emotions very differently than the gods do. And, um, you know, being mortal beings who exist with a lifespan and with physical bodies feel things much stronger, much sharper, and also aren't able to express it nearly as clearly. The gods have feelings, um, and the demigods have feelings, but they aren't, they're not as visceral as it is to be here in mortal form. It's a, it's a slower burn kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's lower, but it hurts. Yeah. I don't think the second son has felt pain before. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, round two. Draw a card from the deck into your hand, read it aloud, and use it to reflect on something that worries you. Um, so I should explain reflecting. Okay. Uh, draw a card from your, the deck into your hand, read it aloud. Use it to describe how a scene makes you feel or change. So basically, the two actions in the game are you either reflect where you draw a card and like kind of look inward to how your character's feeling, mm -hmm. or engage where you play a card from your hand to make something a canon part of the story. Cool. Describe how you act, what you say, or what details you add to the scene. Cool. All right. Let's... So we're each going to take turns reflecting. And turn order doesn't matter. Okay. As long as we're each taking the same number of turns. I'm going to draw a card then. I got Alpha. Head of the household, leader of the pack, fierce protector of Kith and Kin, or cult leader, defender of the homeland, enemy to the outsiders, and the descent. Yeah, I think it's that one. Um... So, sorry, run by me one more time How ref what reflecting should be doing. Uh, this is just like, this first card asks, like, what are you worried about right now? I am worried that, because I, I think what Mildred is doing and what has brought the sheriff to her is she is trying, she's trying to find a higher power to give her a reason why she is experiencing this, you know, loneliness currently. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what she fears is that instead of finding truth, 
she is she is basically tricking herself into joining a one person cult. Right. Yeah. I don't know how many other people believe in the gods. Yeah. Like we have this alphabet, but I think it might be an arcane alphabet and not divine. Mhm. I think that's what this card is. Interesting. Yeah. So now I take it into my hand. Mhm. And I draw for my fear black book. Bribes taken, murders bought, secrets recorded. Or an open secret, a manifesto, a damning silence. I think as the sen- second son enters this world, um, after hundreds or thousands of years of peaceful, non-corporeal existence, they, they see a world of trouble. They see a world where people die for no reason. And a world where People are terrified by magical powers they cannot comprehend. And this worries them because that's not what they built the world to be. Well, they didn't build the world, but that's not what their kin built the world to be. Yeah. Round three, engage the world by playing a card to describe how your character reacts. So basically, what does your character do about this worry? And is this a draw from the deck again or from my hand? play from your hand all right i think i think i'm gonna play the echo so uh tongue tripped with stutters chest full of birds head full of fog um i think mildred finally comes out of the woods Mm -hmm. um and goes into town and has kind of lost the ability to, you know, kind of pick up on social cues. And mm-hmm. uh, and so just is going up to people and, and, you know, asking deeply personal questions about their belief systems, um, but not hearing anything they're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a name for our city-state. Oh, yeah? Echidna. Echidna? Nice. Yes. Who was the Greek mother of monsters. Yes, she was. And really an excellent uh, Australian animal. Yes. She's got milk patches. Yeah. I think I'm going to play Volcano. Yes. Thunder and fire, a column of ash, lava black and crackling red. The second son does not have a full control over their form yet. So when they first enter the town or city of Echidna, I think following Mildred's path. Uh, does Mildred know know that she's summoned him yet? No, I don't think so. Not even a little bit. Yes. And the second son doesn't know how or why they were summoned. But... He follows her path because there's still some residual connection there. And because she still has books full of these words that hold power. And as he does, he's just like accidentally shooting off little fireballs (laughs) and causing small earthquakes. Oh my god. Um, He's ancient, but he looks like he's maybe like uh, 
I don't know, 28, 30. Cool. Um, I think he's clothed in finery, but the finery of 2,000 years ago, not the finery of today. So, dressed in very strange fashion. All right. And that's where our story starts. Wicked. Uh, can we take a five-minute break? Yeah, for sure. And then we'll go through our events. Wicked. All right. During the break, I was thinking, Mildred Pennyweather, I think, is a warlock. Yeah? Yeah. I think this is magic she did not expect, and she's getting it through the second son. Ooh, like, that does work. She tapped into his inherent, you know, <laughs> god magic on accident. Uh, do you have a good name for a uh, fire god? Um, Conflagrado? Ooh, that's a good word. Is that a word? Like an existing word? I don't think you just so. just make that up? I took the word conflagration and just tried to make it more into a name. Yeah, I like that. Conflagrado, god of fire and probably many other things. Looks like it is a Spanish word. It's a Spanish word for conflagrated, which means... Okay. It looks like it is a fire word. Yeah, So, to catch yeah. fire or to set on fire. Cool. So, yeah, Conflagrado, I think, is the god of fire. And if they come up more directly in the story, we will draw a little two-card crossing for them as an NPC. Wicked. Do you think that's the second son's father? Or parent? Or, yeah, parent. I think generally the gods not to, don't tend to gender themselves, but the second son is named the second son. So Yeah, that's fair. That was just... There's probably reasons for that. We will likely not learn those reasons. Fair enough. Okay, we're on to actually... So we need to choose which event we've triggered. So how this works is we will trigger an event. We will look at the two cards that that event has laid out for it. All right. Which will set the scene for that. And then we will engage and reflect until that scene ends or we trigger another event. Okay. So an event can get triggered before the, a previous one ends. And once we go through all six, or when we good, reach a good stopping point, the game ends. The last thing you do in the game is playing your Atropos card. All right. Cool beans. So which event has been triggered by our arrival in Echidna? I think it's a, cla- a cataclysm. I would agree. Yeah. An... Uh, apparently crazy woman and a a young odd looking man shooting fire on accident yes so the context of the scene is night crossed by shadow thorns night says tilter of windmills teethed on tradition malice bred by boredom shadow thorns says Shadowbound sprites whose blank eyes blink with sharp and sharp mouths clatter. Impish creatures in the dark with curling hooks that trap and tear. What does that mean to you, my dude? Uh, I think that means that 
we come at the darkest hour. Um, negotiations with the big empire, which we should also name at some point, mm-hmm. have fallen through. All right. And they are a mere hour before uh, Mildred and uh, the second son enter town. Um, they have received a declaration of war. Oh, no. Um, say Basically saying, like, give us your secrets or we will come and take them by force. All right. And the witch was attached to that. So what does that mean? Um, that means that the world's desire, the world could potentially get its desire. So the town of Echidna could achieve its desire of peace at any point after this. Okay. Uh, the world's desire is a little more abstract. If we achieve our desires, we can take that card into our hand. Okay. Generally, if it pops up during a scene, like if it's connected to the scene, that desire should ideally come up in some way during that scene. Yeah. So that it can be narratively earned. So, yeah, we can either... So we're going to take turns either reflecting or engaging. All right. Um, I think I'm going to... And reflecting, just remind me one more time, so sorry. Reflecting, I no, draw okay. a card, and then I talk about it, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you talk about how your character feels. Yes. Well, let's... And also, when you reflect, uh, we draw a card from the Arbiter's deck. Okay. To see how the world is acting. Okay. So I'm going to reflect, and I drew Glacier. The tip of the iceberg, a grave underestimation. Or eons past, frozen in ice, glacial drift, slowly carving canyons. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I think that the what this means is that as far as Mildred is concerned, being a person who has apparently stumbled into the power of these words... She is incredibly fearful for this greater empire. Mm -hmm. Not worried about what they'll do, but more worried about what will happen to them if. Yeah. And then we draw from the Arbiter's deck. We draw the Fountain. Industrial runoff, leeching ruin, uh, venom in a serpent's corpse, or... Spring water trickling down rocks, tide pools teeming with life. I think the people of Echidna are so scared of what the Empire could bring that when we arrive and we are not bringing war with us, there's an outpouring of relief and hope. They're like, we were praying that you would return, Mildred. I like that. And why, look what you've brought with you. Surely we can, with someone as powerful as that, we can bring about our own victory. Tight. Tight, tight, tight. Cool, cool. Let's see. And then I'm going to play, hmm. I'm going to play Bad Blood. All right. And engage with that. Specifically, I'm going to go with the vitriol swallowed back by shame. It traps jaws rested shut. Uh, the second son looks around at these people. And he is 
mystified because they bring him no offerings, no gifts. They bring him no thanks. They simply show up and say, yes, you're the warrior we asked for. Please come with us. We have a battle to prepare for. There's not much time. And he tries dismissing them, saying, trying to use like a whole like demigod voice, like, who here dares to slander my name? No, come on, sir, please help us. And eventually he's kind of talked into going with them, but he, yeah, he's not going willingly so much as he's just very confused and decides, well, I might as well see this through. Fair enough. Yeah, because what can hurt a demigod? Mm-hmm. Cool. Huh, I thought this was going to be a cataclysm, but it's a gift. It absolutely is. I definitely thought cataclysm. Raining fire down from the skies. Mm-hmm. I also, we thought you had created a villain, and it appears you may have made a great hero. Well. At least so far. All right. So should I now engage? You can reflect or engage. All right. I think... Uh, oh, what you got? Uh, I tend to not reflect more than once in a row. Yeah. Just because of the pacing of the game. That's fair. I was just thinking, I think I'm going to engage. And I think Mildred is... Uh, I'm going to engage with the Alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, the head of the household, leader of the pack... Fierce protector of kith and kin. I think Mildred is deciding that even though what they're asking for is the second son, Mildred is, alright, fine, I guess I'll step up. There's this kind of disconnect with what she believes they want and what the people are asking for. Mm -hmm. This kind of take charge attitude. And I don't know if it's if it's a plan of violence or if it's a plan to go reason with this greater empire. But that's what I got. Okay, I'm going to play Holy Strictures as the second son is led into the back room by um hmm. Who leads this town? Uh I think we should draw an NPC for that. Alright. So whenever we introduce an NPC, you draw two cards from the deck and cross them. Oh, oh, okay. What you got? I'm missing them. Uh, it's down in the bottom right corner. Oh, I see it there. Right below the deck. Yep. Yeah, I drew Godless crossed by Empress. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, I think despite the fact that we're the city state and they're the empire, this is still the Empress. Mm-hmm. Of Echidna. Um, and she definitely does not believe in the gods. No. No. Oh, man. So, the second son is seated by the empress who asks, um, where did you come by this power? And the second son says, where do you come by yours? And she opens one of the books filled with writings and the second son reads these writings and feels himself being bound. Oh my and god. And I'm playing as I'm playing holy strictures he's saying you you cannot write these words this you cannot use this power. This is 
the ancient accords banned such uses. How how did you find this forbidden knowledge? And he wants to keep protesting, but all of a sudden he can no longer speak against her. That's cool. All right. So I think while that's happening, uh, Mildred's mind begins clearing as her connection with the second son is usurped by the empress of Echidna. Mm-hmm. She's, I think she's going to begin to see reason again, having lost this connection with this being so great and powerful that a human being cannot comprehend it. And so I think she's going to play or, uh, engage with the scholar and i think that the side that reads uh where uh scrivener documentarian insatiably critical and curious um it's this kind of return to uh herself and so i think as she begins to become more and more clear-minded um the empress in binding herself to the second son Mm -hmm. begins to have these delusions of grandeur of being the hero that echidna needs Mm -hmm. um and i think mildred doesn't know quite what's happening um but is going to start trying to to figure out what has changed and where this is going. Okay. I think as the second son finds themselves all of a sudden without their newfound agency, I should reflect. Nice. Draw the final rose. A coffin flower, a veiled threat. This could be the end. That's what's going through his mind. I I might be done for here. And he feels fear in a way that He's never felt fear before. Fear no worse than any person's ever felt, but to someone who's always been powerful, whose life has always followed the rules that the gods have to follow, it's terrifying. Yeah. And uh, you get to draw from the Arbiter deck, since I reflected. Right. Phoenix one. Uh, Alchemist fire and a crystal decanter decanter a wrath portioned and contained all right so i think and this is how the world feels about what's happening right this is how the world acts how the world acts um i think that in in echidna there was this momentary lapse of judgment by allowing themselves to be distracted by the arrival of the second son and the empire jumped on that and is preparing to surround and strike the village or the city state yeah i think that moves us into another scene i think so too okay at the end of the scene each bus gets to grab one of the cards that's been played uh i'm gonna take back volcano I think I'm going to take Holy Stricture. I 
don't think the world achieved its desire there. I don't think so. Either.